LFG people, welcome to another bonus episode of Blockchain Insider. This is another panel that we recorded at Blockchain Rio Festival on our very own Blockchain Insider stage, this time exploring blockchain for good. This is a super important topic that deserves more attention, and I was joined by a fantastic panel. We took a look at what blockchain for good really means, what sectors could really benefit from crypto and blockchain, and what kind of progress we hope to see in the future. So, here's the episode. LFG people, hello and welcome to Blockchain Insider. I'm Mauricio Magaldi and today we're going to talk about blockchain for good. To do this, I'm joined by Marília Silveira, co-founder of Feed the Future, partner and CMO at Phonogram.me, founder of Elevent, co-founder at Mima Exchange, board member at TIPA. Marília, welcome to the show. How are you doing? And where can people find you online? It's an honor to be here with you guys. So I am Marília. Some people think I'm a little crazy because I'm partner in six companies now, and there's another one on the way. People can find me online on Instagram. I'm Marília Silveira. Please awesome. follow me. Let's talk. Let's make some business. Let's make money. <laughs> Let's make money while we make stuff good. And I'm also joined by André Salem, father and CEO of Blockforce and one of my oldest friends in crypto. André, how are you doing, man? Thanks for coming over. Uh, how are you and um, how people can find you online? Thanks for having me, Magaldi. A pleasure to be here with you, man. Uh, and yes, to find us on internet, we can reach to Instagram on LinkedIn. Uh, you just need to search through Blockforce. And now we are launching Krypton. So to find us, you can find through Krypton.io. So yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Good. So let's jump right in, right? So uh, when we think about blockchain for good, it can mean many things. It, it can mean ESG. It can mean circular economies, there, there's a lot of definitions, there's a lot of opportunities. So Marilia, how would you kind of define it more like generally? What is, when you think about blockchain for good, what, what goes through your mind? Blockchain for good for me is the trust technology, is the transparency technology. It's about access, it's about democracy. And if you are not thinking about it, you are not doing blockchain for good. I love that. If you're not thinking about it, you're not doing blockchain for good. Andrea, I know you've been in the journey for the, block, the, the blockchain for good uh, kind of movement since we kind of first started working together. I don't know how many years in crypto ago, maybe 20 years in crypto. Um, what is your own definition of blockchain for good? I think it's like if you think about new economy, you think like uh, more collaborative, more transparent, more resilient. So blockchain maybe is the infrastructure to enable this into the new scenario that we have from digital uh, companies and startups. So I think blockchain can be defined as the infrastructure to deliver transparency and values and into the edge of any business, uh, be able to be like this uh, per se uh, impact infrastructure. So I think it's kind of that. Got it. And what would you say uh, are kind of some of the prime examples of kind of the application of blockchain for good? 
I know you're involved in a lot of them, both of you. So, Andrea, let's start with you. Which are your like, top three examples of blockchain being used for good? Yeah, there's a bunch of them. I think the most related to them is about donors, uh, to donation. So, donation examples are really uh, related to the, to the especially example from Bitcoin. So, Bitcoin is uh, a donation uh, protocol. So, there are a lot of people who support Bitcoin. And Bitcoin enables us to deliver impact. So there's a lot of them. So in Brazil, we have some examples that I, I should mention here. That's the WeLight. WeLight's a company that uses blockchain to as a plugin. So when you use this plugin, each purchase that you do in e-commerce online, you deliver a little portion of it to some ONG, some NGO. So this NGO, we can be saw that you've really delivered that money to that NGO because blockchain is applied on it. So this is a great, good, great example. Another one, I think you have already Taina on this panel here. I don't know, I don't know it's here, but Moeda Seeds, a great example from like a social bank. So blockchain can be used in a lot of spaces. I, I think a lot of microcredit examples, a lot of examples through NGO. So to name one of them, I think I, think I should take some drink of water here to select some, but I'll do that until the panel here. Yeah. Good. Now, I think uh, it's great that you mentioned uh, Moeda, because Moeda was kind of one of the first real projects that I recall coming out of ICO, the ICO era. And it was probably the one project that has kind of structured and sustenance to it. It was thought of as a real project, not, not a scam. And I was very impressed when I learned that the project is also funding the producers of the Baru nut in the northeast of Brazil. And the Baru nut makes a great dark beer, which is awesome. I tried, which is kind of the real world impact of blockchain applied to an economy, which is a tiny economy. They didn't have access to credit. And all of a sudden, a nut that was barely unknown is now winning awards for the best beer in, in, you know, around the world, which is kind of remarkable to see the breadth and depth of the impact that applying a blockchain through, you know, microcredit through blockchain in a very unfavorable situation turned everything around. So that is uh, certainly remarkable. I'm going to turn to you, Marilia. What are your top three examples of blockchain applied for good? I know you're working directly in some of them. Can you kind of tell us a little bit about those? Sure. I believe people um, out of our bubble don't see blockchain in their lives. But it's remarkable what blockchain made in the logistics industry, for an example, and a financial system that blockchain, crypto economies, is a financial system outside the traditional financial system. And I believe it pushed the bar, the innovation bar, because all financial services have to modernize their way to do things and to center in the people needs because of the crypto economies. And I work directly with one of the markets that is changing because blockchain that is the creative market, the creative economy, because I am CMO of Phonogrammy. So if you don't know, Phonogrammy is the first NFT marketplace peer-to-peer -peer 
for the music industry. And we are making a lot of innovations in that market. One of the innovations we recently launched is the, another way of distribution. So if you have a song or an album and you need to distribute that uh, to Spotify or Apple Music or some streams, you can earn your place in crypto now. And you don't have to pay all the abusive taxes that we have on the market or on that market. So we allow artists to make more money and have more freedom. So we are changing artists' lives with a technology, with blockchain for good. I'm a musician myself. I mean, I don't consider myself a musician. I play the drums, which is a completely different thing. We can get into that later. But I think all technology that came through from the beginning of the invention of the phonogram put the musicians and the artists in a, in a worse place, right? When Napster was invented, it disrupted the industry. Then iTunes came in and introduced another intermediary between whoever listens to the song and the artist. And then streaming came about and became the major platform. And now everyone is a hostage to those intermediaries. So if you're now getting paid without the middleman, that means a lot, right? If you're an artist trying to survive, the value of your music now is closer to you in a sense. And there's a, a, on crypto Twitter, there's a big movement for music NFTs. And the, one of the discussions is exactly how the, the royalties get to the artists, right? Now, on all of these projects, what are the sectors of the economy that you believe uh, are still to reap the benefits of using blockchain for good? You mentioned, you mentioned donations, you mentioned uh, creative economy. Where else do you believe that once we apply blockchain on those uh, for good lenses, not the speculative lenses, do you believe the impact is going to be the biggest? I believe blockchain for good needs to be part of people's lives uh, socially and politically. So we need to uh, understand blockchain like a tool. What are we thinking about that tool? So uh, you can use blockchain on, on money transfer. We already know that. Uh, smart contracts. We need to think about Internet of Things. We can think about healthcare. We can think about NFTs. We can think about government. So there's a lot of amazing GovTechs working on blockchain solutions uh, for government. And I believe that the question here is, who is afraid of blockchain? Oh, that, that's a big question. Andrea, who's afraid of blockchain? <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> Maybe the banks, probably. Maybe the banks, but not that much, right? Because they are just getting inside of it and changing and adapting it. So probably maybe nobody. So, yeah. <laughs> but that's, that's a question kind of that bears a little bit of kind of drilling into because there is a lot of ignorance, right, about crypto and blockchain and Web3, a lot of misconceptions that are sometimes hindering how people see this, right? I, I believe that one of the biggest things we saw in the last probably 12, 18 months was the increase of the use of the word Web3 to define many, many things, including metaverses, including crypto, including tokenization, including even gaming, right, in the context of the crypto economy. Uh, and that kind of facilitated, right? People now want to know what Web3 is. 
but they don't want to know what crypto is. They don't want to touch it, right? Which is, which is kind of a, a misconception. Um, so w what do you believe, Andrea? You, and you've been, you've been around this space for a long time. You've spoken to enterprises. You've spoken to startups and NGOs, etc. What are the, the biggest misconceptions that people see when you're talking about blockchain? I mean, what, what, what is the reaction that says, oh, you, you didn't really get this? So I think this question will take the previous two ones that I like to, to comment. So regarding the applications that maybe blockchain can reach more and maybe some people who avoid it and are afraid of it, like people who are hidden or information that can be accessed for people. Like, so if a company have like a slavery action into the edge of that process, they don't want to use blockchain to show that. So we are engaged actually for in the project, in a product that we are developing in Blockforce that's called Fair Fashion. So uh, Fair Fashion is related to provide enterprises a logistic solution uh, through blockchain to how to a user or the final user, a client, a consumer, can look through the QR code and see the whole flow of the process and production of some clothes on a t-shirt or even a shoes and so far. So, uh, maybe people on the edge of that process who are not uh, into the right labor conditions are afraid about blockchain. So I think uh, enterprises and brands who are promoting this kind of initiative are giving us a light uh, to see how that can be more here, transparency and so far and more for good, right? So. The question about misconceptions about the blockchain, I think it's about that everything can be a token and tokenize it. So tokenizing the way that we see like a crypto token, so not like an information log. So and everything will be benefited by blockchain. I don't think that's exactly the, the truth. I think that's a really a mixed of things, as you said, like ER. Uh, IoT, so blockchain is just the infrastructure layer that will provide to these whole things to happen. So that's not the solution of everything. So when we talk about enterprise, as you know, as much as me, we are relating a lot of uh, uh, steps that are related to database that don't need to be put on blockchain. So that can be much more efficient and uh, performance if you have a, a, like a side database on that. So I think these concepts need to be cleared yet. Uh, as, as long as we evolve into the, the, the post. Absolutely. I think, and that kind of speaks to kind of the, uh, the need for us to educate everybody, right? It's not just, you know, whoever's in the, in the audience or the people that are interested, but, you know, if, if you're hating on us because of what we do, you know, just take a step back, just learn a little bit more about why we're doing this. It's, it's not because, you know, not all of us are in this for speculation. Most of us are in this to really unlock value for people, right? So, you know, I, I heard the other day someone yell, I think it was down the hall, Web3 is for the people. And I, and I really believe that, right? So, um, and, and in your experience, Marilio, what, what were the kind of the biggest misconceptions that you've seen people react about what you do? Like, when you say you're working with these many crypto companies, what, what do they, they tell you that is weird? People say first, I don't understand that. And then they say, no, it's not for me. Like um, some food, you never try it and you don't want to taste. It's like that. Yeah, I think, I mean, 
you need to try it to see if you're allergic to yeah. it, right? I mean, yeah. it, and I don't think people need necessarily to be allergic to crypto, yeah. right? And but, when people have that kind of reaction, I say, well, do you remember your parents when we started to love internet? So, you are just like your parents now. Please, take a look, have some good reading, I can help you, but it's, it's people um, are resistant about it. And I believe that the misunderstanding is um, most of all because of the decentralization. People don't believe people, so the decentralization is like, oh, I don't want that, I'm afraid of it. Do you, do you think that this resistance, I mean, I understand that people have a hard time thinking about decentralized things, let's say things for now, because in decentralization, you don't have anyone to yell at, right? Either you're yelling with everybody or you're yelling at yourself, right? That's perfect. And it's pretty hard to acknowledge that you messed up and we're not ready for that, but yeah. that's fine. But there are ways between complete decentralization and complete centralization that might help us get to that point. In your experience, I'll start with you, Andre. What do you think that best represents, in the context of blockchain for good, something that is, and I'm going to just think about Web 2.5, right? Not totally decentralized, not completely centralized. What is a good example of a use case or a solution that's helping people transition from Web 2 to Web 3 that you've seen? You know, as well as impact examples, it's difficult to say uh, if it's really, truly impacting if you are not uh, involved or at least near to the project, you know? So I'll give you examples of, from things I really know and really trust. Okay, so, yeah. So I think uh, infrastructure that provides us uh, and gains to migrate from Web 2 to Web 3 are gates that are giving us like democratization to access this whole new values of uh, this whole new value of Web 3. So infrastructure layers. So whenever, whenever we will have like AWS from crypto, I think this will have will able us to promote this whole values that we saw about blockchain. So I think infrastructure layers are needed to do that to do this migration. So I think no-code solutions will be one another enabled to provide more people to reach it because when you say like, oh, this is not for me, for people who are not saying that, so maybe if they have just a dashboard to set up and to use it, maybe they will try it and see that they can really uh, get value from that, you know? So I think this whole work of UX and infrastructure are into the middle and to the edge of this transaction. So examples about that into the whole wide, I think we can say about Alchemy, we can say about Morales, we can say about uh, Block Diamond that facilitates a lot of things and exactly our case which are trying to do something really, really close as it. I, I love the whole no-code thing. No-code is, you know, for, for those of you who, who are not familiar with, no-code are solutions where you can program a smart contract, in this case, but you don't need to actually write the code. You just move instructions around like you're building a Lego or something, right? And I, I think of no code as the gateway drug into programming because at some point, you will try to do something with no code that the underlying code isn't ready to do. 
and then you're going to be forced into peeking under the hood and then look into the code and say, well, I want this to, to work differently. And at that point, you just became a programmer and now you're done, right? So I think that is, that is, that is a, there is, and, and I think to, to a certain extent, and you're working with uh, creators, Marilia, um, right now, most of the marketplaces, they have their own uh, smart contracts, right? The creator doesn't own the smart contract. So when they mint an NFT of whatever kind, they're actually using someone else's smart contract. So even at that stage, we're not fully decentralized and we're still counting on a middle person to actually help us mint our own digital property. So how do you see this evolving? I mean, is there anything that you're working with with creators so they better understand where their rights are and how to play around in Web3? What's, what is your kind of educational journey when you're talking with creators? My education journey is like, I have a solution for you. If it's helping you to achieve some goals and money, so take a look at that. Because you don't need to understand everything about Web3 or blockchain or crypto or NFT. You just need to understand that it's good for you and for your business and for your art and for your life. So first, have a try. Look at that. And then we talk. Yeah, I mean, uh, one common theme today on the, on the panel was get your hands dirty. I mean, ev yeah. every, every panel uh, in the stage today was like, uh, you need to get your hands dirty. I mean, play with it, right? Yeah. I mean, if you, if you don't, then you don't have to, you know, you don't have an opinion, right? Yeah, we are working. We were working uh, for like six months on make like a non-boarding for women in Web3. So we take their hands. So this is an exchange. This is the metaverse. So try it. And we are here. Nothing bad will happen. We are here. So we need to take people's hands to understand, to try it. Because uh, people are afraid of everything about it because they don't know how it will help them. Understand? I believe people need to try to understand the benefits uh, that a lot of solutions can bring to their lives. I like that. I mean, you know, holding their hands and walking them through everything is yeah. certainly a way of doing the onboarding. And I believe that's uh, like a, uh, an obligation for us. We are like innovators or early adopters of blockchain. We need to talk with people that was not heard in the traditional systems, people who are not welcomed in the traditional system and say, hey, you take, take a look on that. So that's why Mima, my other blockchain business, work with women and want to benefit girls, black girls, black women uh, who don't have a, a, a big income, who don't have so much education that we have. We need to make blockchain really democratic. And that's an obligation for us. I believe everyone that's here and listening to us needs to take some people's hands and make, hey, I have a solution for you. Don't be afraid. It's for you. I, I love the call to arms. I, I, I really take upon us uh, the responsibility of onboarding, you know, less favored uh, audiences into this 
there's a big unlock with education. I mean, education is the one transformational tool, I guess, that we have as, a, as humanity in educating people towards something that is really disruptive and innovative, such as you know, crypto, the crypto economy, blockchain, and all these awesome available tools are ways to kind of democratize uh, access to this new economy. In that sense, Andrea, I uh, just wanted to pick your brain on what are the biggest trends you see on this blockchain for good space? Is this something that there are clear use cases that are emerging as like obvious winners of solving real world problems? And if there are, which ones you know uh, of and why are they being successful, you think? I think to, like to start, I think one thing that will clear the applications on blockchain for good is to stop to have this blur on some stuff that are that need to get more maturity. So getting back to you, so we need to have like an education arm, an academy, plug it into each kind of solution that want to deliver uh, this value. So by that way, we will have much more people with great knowledge to do that. So I think this is an essential point for that, and to have to cut off the blur of something. So people want to start to, start to develop some DAO at, from start. So that's not true, at, at least on my vision, right? We need to have a framework from maturity to do a DAO. So you need to do a step before another one, that for the, before you do the centralization step by step until you reach distribution, right? So I think this, this transition will be from enterprise a little bit, but one, one step at least once, uh, vertical from uh, the mix from enterprise and population connecting and mixing like permissioned blockchains and public blockchains and those connection between this flop from uh, public to uh, private. And so there's a stuff that we have discussing with some friends like Paulo that's here. So we have been talking about this, the, the power of this connection. This will change the market. This will really drive that driven value and impact to people who are uh, wanting to change the scenario. So. I think there's some solutions that are doing that. Uh, actually, we are trying to do this, especially regarding to some uh, partners that we have. We are doing a traceability from Arezzo. Uh, that's a brand from Brazil that they are tracking our leaf. So uh, at the point, at the end of the, uh, the day, we want to connect like the, to the public blockchains. So yeah, I think there's some initiatives, as I, as I told you, uh, to mention what's really driven impact. I just can mention the big ones that you know as long as, as me, like, oh no, I don't know, maybe Maeski and this kind of big enterprise, but to driven impact, I don't know, we have something really, really uh, that, that we can say nowadays that's like a honorable ship that's already doing some stuff. At least in my knowledge, I don't have this like global winner about that. I think things that are already been built step by step. And I think that that process that I mentioned will, should be the one at my view. I, I like the, the, the angle that impact is localized. There was this, uh, I don't think you were born, but uh, we used to hear about globalization, which was um, think global and act local, right? And it, it kind of, it rings true to this, right? If you're, if, you're, if you're a person without access to technology or money or education, it doesn't really matter what's going on around the world. It's just, you know, you're, you're, you're just struggling to you know, make ends meet or have a, 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 you know, a plate of food by the end of the day, right? So it, Except, it just, yeah, the person just needs to eat. And you don't eat at a global scale. You yeah. eat locally, right? Except, it's you. So, so if, like, if I say something that's the best 
uh, impact solution maybe will be at the place that most need it. So like maybe in Africa, uh, people like Kotanipay and Wildchain who are doing solutions and, and wallets who driven value and, and a little fee of the money for the people who use it. The same idea as Moeda Seeds, but in the place that's most needed, this kind of help, I think should be like this, this once, you know. But the vision is exactly perfect, man, as you Yeah. The, the thing about, I think, blockchain for good that, that we're, um, we're kind of trying to go for, which is like localized impact, but big and relevant impacts. Um, I think there's one thing that we should aim at first, with, which would be dignity, right? There's, there's a lot of flashiness about, oh, we're using blockchain for this. People are going to have money for, you know, to do stuff. And you know what? Maybe, you know, at times we only need, you know, some dignity. So I think if we strive and we really nail this, it's got to start there. Like it's kind of Maslow, you know, you know, scale of priorities or stuff like that. I think if there's a space and, and that's, it's, that's even without a doubt where we kind of should start. So you mentioned about, you know, having, you know, a plate of food by the end of the day. They need to eat. And that's some form of dignity as well, right? So I think that's uh, one point to start. So I'm going to turn to you, Marilia. And in terms of uh, trends as well, I mean, you're, you're in education, you're in um, fragile populations, and you're in music and entertainment and creative. What are you seeing as an emergent trend that you think is going to really kind of go the distance and, and, and have a sustainable impact in all of these things that are involved with? I believe maybe we need to think about what future we are trying to create with everything we are doing on blockchain because if uh, progress can be exponential, so can regress. And that's why we have a lot of care on everything we choose to make. And I believe we need... Uh, for sure now to think about people that can have more access and to make people understand that new world we are creating. I believe that's the first goal. And then we can make a lot of another changes. So we're uh, in all of the panels uh, that I've been um, facilitating. One of the things that I uh, like to uh, poke around is hope. I think uh, I'm, I'm an optimist, and I, and I really believe that we're in an age where we're going to find really great new things by collaboration. But collaboration means that we have shared purpose, we have shared responsibility, but more importantly, we have shared hope that what we're doing goes somewhere, right? So um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to test with you, Marilia, first. If you had one, you know, the genie of the bottle just popped up now and have you and gave you like one wish of, you know, where this is going, what would you wish for? Uh, so uh, it's, it's a personal answer. For sure, I would care of women, mothers, black mothers. Um, I'm a woman and I know I'm in a place of privilege. So... I need to think about women that don't have the same opportunities I have. So I am always thinking about social justice and women are always people who suffer in the most of the situations, like the pandemics. 
I like that. I like that. I like where your head's going. Uh, Andrea, what, what would be your most hopeful wish from the genie in the bottle? I think it will be to eliminate slavery. Because if you think about slavery, uh, you have everything connected, you know? Racism, uh, hungry, a lot of things, uh, inequality. I think a lot of steps are connected to one single stream situation. And I think at the point that brands and can need to show to the clients where things came from, it's a possibility from us through blockchain. So we can try to, to dream about it, uh, at least a portion about it, because that infrastructure can, be in, can, be, can reach there, you know, and more and more. And we will have much more uh, conscious consumption. I get, I get it. I, I believe in it. So I think we'll be a slavery. Maybe inequality is one of the, is the, the resume of our desires. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's good. I mean, you're hoping on the right direction. And, and, and I'm glad that you both are working towards that. Yes. It's not, it's not just words and you're actively working on it. Um, yeah. I think, I think this is, uh, it's, and it's a great way for us to finish this, to wrap this up. So that wraps us today's discussion. Uh, just a quick reminder to let you know that the views of our panel are their own and not necessarily the opinions of the companies that they are representing. Thank you all so much for joining us here at Blockchain Rio. Stay rare, stay weird, LFG. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. We have lots in the works and we're so excited to be talking about crypto and blockchain with you again. If you can't wait till the next new episode, take a look at the many previous episodes and get yourself properly immersed in the world of crypto. And if you really love it, please leave us a review. It helps us make it better and helps other people find the show. As always, if you want to join the conversation, find us on social media. Just search for 11FS or Blockchain Insider or email us at podcasts at 11FS.com. This is all for today. Stay rare, stay weird, LFG.